Padded Room Radio is on the air, you motherfuckers. My name is Darian. I am here with another week full of horror, nonsense, and good news, and bad news, and other stuff going on. It's just me this weekend, mates. It's a solo show. Just me, myself, and I. Why, you ask? Why am I here by myself doing this? It's because I'm sick as a fucking dog, okay? I told Buddy and Jason to stay home because they don't want the same shit that I have. So why would they come over here? (coughs) You're going to have to bear with me, inmates. I realize I sound like a nasally mess, and I am. Uh, I was sent home from work yesterday uh, and told to take a COVID test. And I am proud to say that I am COVID-free in 93. I just feel like shit. So I got that going for me. I almost wish that I had... COVID, because then I could get like three or four days off of work, paid. Instead, it's just a cold, so fuck you, Darian, get your ass to work. That's how, that's my life, boys and girls, that's how it goes down. Well, uh, another Halloween has come and gone, my friends. It, uh, it happens, you know, what can I say? Today is November 1st, which is actually Dia de los Muertos, which doesn't mean a whole lot of anything. I mean, really, it's more of a Dia de los Hangover for me and my my party crew. But uh, it's it's gone, man. Halloween is coming, gone. October is gone. The spooky season, as they say, is no longer for 2022. Are you depressed about that? Are you sad? I am. I'll be honest with you a little bit. It's my. It's this is our time of year. You know what I mean? The fall. The, the, sp- the quote-unquote spooky season, uh, the decorations, the, the changing of the leaves, uh, things getting witchy, you know what I mean? The horror movies on TV. Used to be, you'd go, you could go to a Walmart or a Target, and they would have like a whole horror movie display up of DVDs and Blu-rays. But it's getting harder and harder to find actual DVDs and Blu-rays these days, so they, they just don't do it anymore. In fact, the whole Blu-ray section is now like a quarter of an aisle, and that's all you get. It's like one of those little roundabout jammies that you spin around. That's it. And if what you got is you, what you want isn't on that, then you're fucked. You got to go to Amazon. So, if you're a physical media doofus like I am, that that used to be the jam, right? You'd go to Walmart like round about mid-October with a hundred-dollar bill in your pocket. You'd walk out with a stack of DVDs of shit movies that you never seen before, 
But they had like skulls and shit on the uh, the covers, so you're like, yeah, money in the bank. And uh, well, that's how I filled up my my shelf of bullshit over here. So maybe it wasn't the best idea, but it's still, you know, it's that time of year, and now it's over. I have to wonder if maybe there isn't some deeper psychological um, situation involved with that. And by that, I mean maybe like we're hearkening back to our childhoods with this Halloween stuff. Halloween now, these days, in my adulthood, means way more to me than it ever did as a kid. But maybe that's just me, because I couldn't, you know... Who gives a shit about candy, is what I'm saying, when I was a kid. I would, I'd love to dress up and go harass my friends and all that, but at the same time, candy would... i bring the candy home, it would sit on my coffee table until my dad ate it all, and then that was the end of that. I was more excited about Christmas, because then I got shit that I could actually keep. Anyway, enough about me. I'm sad it's gone. Um, it'll be back next year, you know? That's the beauty of Halloween. We get one a year. So when it comes around, when October rolls around, we have to make it count, inmates. And uh, I hope you made yours count. I tried. Uh, I've been laid up with a fucking pinched nerve, and now I'm sick. And before that, I had some weird stomach thing where I was shitting all the time. All right, I'm starting to feel sorry for myself. I got a horror show to get into here, inmates. I can't be telling you about my bowels all night long. I have an actual show to tell to talk about. Uh, let's kick things off with some horror news, you maniacs. <laughs> horror news. Horror news, you maniacs. Oh, we got some things going on these days, my friends. I noticed the horror news picks up around this time of year. Uh, it looks like Terrifier 2 is already streaming over at Screenbox. <coughs> Excuse me. Do I need to get a Screenbox uh, subscription? I had one once, like three, four years ago. The only thing on there was a bunch of crap. Uh, that's why I canceled my subscription and moved over to Shutter. It appears to me that they're actually picking up some decent content these days. I'm going to hold off, because with the kind of numbers that Terrifier 2 is drawing in, I'm sure it's going to show up on a Peacock or an HBO Max any minute now, so I'm going to hold off on that. It's also getting a uh, Blu-ray release next month. It's going, it's moving fast, dudes, so I'm not, I'm not going to jump on the screen box just yet until somebody gives me a better reason to. Speaking of reasons to jump on things, Peter Pan... Neverland Nightmare is in the works. Now, this is going to be from the same people that brought us Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which I don't think any of us have actually seen yet, right? I am very curious about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, but it hasn't been released anywhere that I'm aware of. Same people are going to bring us Peter Pan Neverland Nightmare. Uh, Apparently, Peter Pan has also slipped into public domain, so get ready for a horror version of that. I hope it doesn't involve a bunch of kids stuff, you know? I got a feeling that's where it's going. And if we're really looking to fuck up these uh, uh, Disney uh, fantasies or whatever, Disney cartoons, and turn them into really kick-in-the-nuts horror movies, if you're going Peter Pan, that's kind of the route you have to go, right? Because it's all about kids running away from home and uh, 
you know, uh, getting chased by pirates or something. I bet there's going to be like some kind of human trafficking uh, situation involved. I can tell you right now, I could probably write it if uh, anybody's listening, uh, creators of Peter Pan Neverland Nightmare. There it is. It's a human trafficking story. I just figured the whole fucking thing out. Congratulations. What else we got here? Uh, Crystal Lake. I don't know how I feel about this. Now, here's what's going What's going on. Peacock has greenlit a Friday the 13th prequel series entitled Crystal Lake. Um, I don't know, but I don't think they can legally use Jason Voorhees. Now, what they could do is use Pamela Voorhees and really, you know, She's uh, a pretty uh, cuckoo bananas. So, and you know, maybe some, maybe like her pregnancy with Jason, or um, what? Whatever happened to Jason's dad? What? That, there's something. There's some meat on that bone. We should look into that. Uh, what the hell? Because you you've seen Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, what's her name? Uh, I forget her name. Betsy something. She played Pamela Voorhees. Uh, she looked okay. Bit not much of an actress, but she looked fine. So what the fuck did his dad look like that he spawned that troglodyte? There's some questions I would like some answers to, my friends. Maybe we can explore that in Crystal Lake. Uh, what else we got here? Ghostbusters, a virtual reality game, is coming to the Oculus uh, Quest in 2023. It's called Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord. Now... I'm into it. I'll probably I'll probably check it out. I'll probably pick it up. Um, here's the thing, man. There's a lot of horror games on the Oculus Quest, the, the virtual reality gaming console that you have to strap to your head. Um, they can cycle. There's some really gnarly ones, dude, that will fuck you up. Uh, I got the Blair Witch one. It's fine. It's, I mean, it's just basically running around the woods at night and finding those little stick guys. Uh, there's one on there called Dread Halls, where you are basically just walking down these dark hallways, and periodically these god-awful creatures show up and kill you. And that's it. That's the whole game. You're trying to avoid these fucking things and find key components, but like... The way that you can hear the creatures and like because you got the headphones on the, the Oculus, it's like they're creeping up behind you. Dude, somebody's going to throw themselves out of a window playing these fucking things. I swear to God. Or even worse, uh, psychological damage is, is going to occur because people are going to eventually blur the line between virtual reality and reality. And before you know it, you know. There's uh, your wife is coming down the hall and you just piss your pants <laughs> instinctively because you think she's about to kill you. I'm into it, at least with this one. Hopefully you'll get one of those proton pack things because I always wanted to fire one of those things off. Um, I know they're not real, but in virtual reality, uh, maybe you could, uh, uh, I don't know, fry up the neighbor's uh, stucco or something. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Uh, lastly, it looks like Dawn of the Dead 3D is getting an extended theatrical run. If you missed it, it's been extended to November 10th. So that gives you about another week and a half to go out there and check it out. It's not playing anywhere near me, so I have no comment on how cool it is or not. But uh, some of you may actually live in a real city and could you know, possibly make your way to a real movie theater where such a thing would be possible. 
That, my friends, is all I have on the horror news. I believe it is time for some listener mail, my friends. The dogs agree. Dogs are excited for listener mail. I don't know if you heard that or not. Oh, my sinuses, however, could give a shit less. <laughs> Listener mail. Listener mail. Uh, let's see what we have here, my friends. We have some voicemails and some emails and some other things popping in last second like. Oh, look at all this stuff here. Okay. All right. Take it easy, dogs. They're very excited for listener mail. Uh, Let's start things off out on the open road. Here comes Freddie. Subject line, sexy choices. Hey, now. Hey, folks. Hope everyone had a great Halloween and got lots of candy. Just a quick vote before shutting down for the night. Now, both are very sexy choices. Very sexy. But I have yet to be bribed, lol. I do have to go with the brides, mainly because they are usually silent and climb across walls. Plus, the nurses would have to get a lucky strike in to actually hit their hearts. Stay safe out there. Cheers, Freddy. Two more for the brides. Very cool. Love that about you, Freddy. Thank you for writing in, my friend. Uh, You stay safe out there, you truck driving son of a bitch. Uh, I've seen a lot of, like, documentaries on weird shit that happens at, like, truck stops and rest areas and, um, what are you, uh, like, uh, like, lot, the lot lizards, right? With the, the, the truck stop, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Freddy. All right, let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes Lost Cowboy. Subject line, no bribery this week, haha. Evening padded room, hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. Not much tonight as it was very busy week and weekend. Hope everyone had an awesome Halloween. I got the chance to scare a bunch of teenagers, which made my night. I'm adding two pics of the decor I made, and yes, I did make a full-size coffin. Terra Dome, of course I'm going for my brides. They do have the advantage of being silent and can fly. Back to the grind, hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip, cowboy. Right on, cowboy. I'm checking out your decor here. Wow. You did your house up, big dog. He uh, made himself like a full-on cemetery in his front yard. And I see the, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's cowboy that's perched up in the in the coffin there. So good for you. Uh, speaking of psychological trauma, I'm sure you ruined some Halloweens for some kids. Good for you. <laughs> good for you, my friend. Right on. Thanks for writing in, cowboy. See what else we got here. Back across the pond to jolly old England. Here comes the horror slut. Cat is in the house. Subject line, voting. Evening, gents. I hope I'm not too late tonight. It's been a rather crazy weekend at work. Of course, I'm voting for my nurses, though I did mean to attempt some bribery this week. Ha ha. I can be bribed very... Well, you know how to bribe me, Cat. It doesn't take much at all. I do hope everyone had a wonderful Hallow's Eve. Have a safe and healthy week, Cat. Right on. Two more for the nurses. They're still in this, Cat. They're still in it. Okay. Looks like we got some voicemails here. Let me uh, get set up for the voicemails. Okay. Let's kick things off. 
with a brand new listener. Whoa! I'm sorry. That's the best I can do. <laughs> like I said, I don't feel very well. And I'm rapidly losing my voice and everything else. Uh, let's see who this is. Darian, it's Coop. Coop Newcomb. Cooper! I thought I would uh, tell you I've been... Uh, What's going on, dude? started off on this uh, cabinet of curiosities. I'm yeah. on episode two now about to start this with my wife. We've Coop Newcomb. I'd say about half a bottle of uh, some real cheap, shitty whiskey here. That's a great um, idea. Let's do that. what this is. What is it? It is uh, black velvet toasted caramel bottom shelf stuff. That you know sounds me. disgusting. I the, uh, the best. So, no, no, sir. Anyway, I <laughs> um, was uh, curious if you've uh, been watching this uh, Cabinet of Curiosities at all. It's uh, Guillermo del Toro. I have not. I saw the... Uh, <clears throat> the uh, previews for it a little while back, it looked pretty good. And, yeah. Uh, so first episode, not too bad. Okay. Uh, think you might like it. I don't know, know man. Singer. Bye. I don't know, Cooper. So here's I have like a love hate relationship with uh, Guillermo del Toro. I lo- I, I mean, you take like a Crimson Peak. Is that a horror movie? I suspect not. It's more of a dark romance with, uh, like, incest. You know what I'm saying? And that's fine. You take, like, a, um, uh, what the hell was that other one? Uh, the one with the fucking uh, Pan's Labyrinth. It's basically a fairy tale. He's got some cool monsters ideas in, like, the visual aspect of it is usually pretty pretty hot. But at the end of the day, it's usually about, you know, some kids that somehow overcome something is a very fair fairy tale kind of a guy if you ask me my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie is probably Blade 2 now who wants to fight me you want to fight you want to fight me yeah that's right I said it Blade 2 those were some fuck the crackhead vampires those guys were scary as shit I don't know man I will Coop I'm gonna get to it at some point I have committed myself however to catching up on American Horror Story I am still uh, three seasons behind, I think. Uh, 1984, double feature, and now New York City. Plus two um, seasons of American Horror Stories, which is like a, its own fucking thing, man. So what? Are, that's five seasons altogether that I'm... I'm going to... Dude, I got to get caught up on that fucking... I'm sorry. I will, I will definitely get into... Um, the cabinet of curiosities at some point. I am not going to drink the uh, black velvet uh, scorched caramel or whatever it is. That sounds terrible. I'm a Jameson guy myself. I'll drink Jameson with you anytime you want. Uh, I can't drink beer anymore. I notice that that's what happens when you get old. You start. If I drink a beer, I'm gonna be up all night farting and burping. Just one beer, and not like the high end stuff. I can do like a Bud Light. And I will just fart your face clean off your body. It's disgusting. All right, Coop. Thank you very much. And welcome to the uh, the Looney Bin, my friend. Hope to hear from you again soon. Uh, let's get down to the funky south. Here comes our main man in Alabama. Alan's in the house. Added room. What's up? What's up, Alan? Uh-oh. What? I'm sorry, I'm tired. So, okay. Okay. Uh, Terradome. Yes, sir. Give me what do the brides. Okay. Mr. Darian, are you hardware? You got me. Um, so I watched Dash Cam. What'd you think? 
No. No? Yeah. Oh, that chick was so fucking annoying. <laughs> oh, God. I hated that character. I get it. I anyway, get that. Um, <clears throat> that's the whole That's Laid the whole thing. rest. I'm not sure if it's set in Alabama. Okay. I do know the director was born here. He passed away oh, no. a couple years ago. But he was born here, so that's the connection with that series. It felt anyway, very hope Alabama. Good. Hope everybody had a good Halloween. Talk to y'all later. You too, Bye. Alan. Hope you hope you're doing well. I know you're doing well. I, I see Alan all the time on uh, Facebook and all that stuff. Uh, it felt very Alabama. The first one did. Second one, which we're going to get into next week. It it uh, it uh, it's it's uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get into that next week. All right. Thanks for calling in, Alan. Let's get down to Southern California. Here comes Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey-yo! Hey-yo! Room, how's my favorite degenerates this week? It's just me! I do hope everyone is nope. doing well. No, no, hey, I'm, I wanted to call no. and get in on the terror dome. Yeah, what do you think, week. man? And, uh, you know, we got the, uh, the Brides of Dracula, and we got the Silent Hill Nurses. You are correct. When it comes to this, you know I've always had impeccable logic, unquestionable taste. He in still this. hasn't seen a Silent and, Hill movie. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give it one more week. Come on, man. I'm going with the Silent Hill Nurses. Oh, okay. But I've said please twice now. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if I can do this again. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I'll take the Silent Hill Nurses on please. stage. Anyway. All right. Uh, yeah, I did want to get in on the what are you looking at. Department. Yeah, what are you, what are you uh, I got to check uh, this flick called Trick. Yeah, that's it's, not a bad uh, show. on Hulu. Uh-huh. It's not bad. A slasher flick. The slasher is a fucking What you think's going to... Well, I don't want to spoil it. It, it is pretty new. Uh, but not bad. Not great. Just, 2019, eh, Right I think. in the middle there. Yeah. I did also get to catch um, huh. this uh, series on Netflix, The Midnight Club. Okay. And um, it's like a, a little bit about show, this. Uh, if you remember, they did um, uh, Fear Street. Right. I guess a year or two ago, uh-huh. and that was by like a kid's author, R.L. Stein, the whole Goosebumps, Goosebumps shit. guy. Yeah. Well, I when I was growing up, I was never really an R.L. Stein Goosebumps kind of guy, but there was an author named Christopher Pike who had kind of, I guess, a little more mature uh, horror shit okay. uh, books and, and novels and whatnot. And, right. Um, and that's what this is based on. Oh. But uh, there's like. It's almost like a series of vignettes with like a an overarching wraparound story. Uh-huh. Um, something about it that kind of I don't it kind of bumps me is just like in the goose there not the goosebumps the Fear Street flicks. Yeah, there's a lot of period '90s music. Sure, and I mean I'm like, hey, all right, cool. You know, I like this Rob Zombie song or. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember this Tool tune, you know, or what have you. Totally. And then it all it's like it almost gets your head bopping to it. So you're like, I like this, but you don't know. Do you like the movie or you just like the, yeah. the familiar nostalgia of hearing that yeah. song again? That's you know what I mean? That's the thing, man. That's but, the thing. Um, one last thing to say about uh, the, the, the series yep. is it is by Flanagan. Oh, is, really? Uh, by Mike Flanagan, I you know, know the uh, Midnight Mass. Okay. And... Uh, Haunting of Hill House and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, gotta be honest with you guys, I, I really, really wanted to like this more than I did. Well, um, it's... 
GP'd. So, but the thing is, Tom Hardy, I'm gonna I'm gonna address this real quick before I he called back. I'm gonna play his other voicemail here in a second. So here's the thing, man, and this is what I've noticed throughout my horror tenure. You can you can miss the boat on something. You know what I mean? Uh, take for example our friends in Australia, Tim and uh, Luffy. Well, before Tim and Luffy, it was Tim and Ben. Now, hear me out. This is kind of how it, how it all comes together. So, for one of their first episodes, uh, the horror for dummies, Tim and Ben did the Lost Boys. Now, to us, that is like the end all be all of the coolest vampires ever, right? But Ben, who is, uh, I, I think he's uh, probably mid thirties, he had never seen it before, right? So he watches it and he thinks it's dumb. But I can I fully I I'm not agreeing with him obviously but I understand his uh kind of uh I guess perspective and the reason I I would I would submit this the reason he thought it was dumb is because now the market is saturated with these over the top fashionista vampires that are just moping around all the time so he sees the the lost boys for the first time and he's like oh look at these clowns you know but when we saw it for the first time in 1987, we lost our shit because they were cool fucking vampires, right? So, how does this pertain to your argument? It's just that. It's just that, Tom Hardy. You are familiar with the uh, Midnight Club books, and you're a horror fan. So, I would submit to you that the family horror, the Goosebumps, the Midnight Club, the, uh, I don't know, the uh, fucking Hocus Pocus and all that, that... that luster has been lost on you a long time ago my friend so i would submit that while nostalgia will will hold you it'll only hold you so long before you realize this is kind of silly you know and i felt the same way about uh uh the fear street the first fear street movie 1994 i was like oh that's cool and then after a while it's like there's not a lot of actual story here it's just a bunch of 90s references kind of compiled into a slasher flick, which is fine, but if I wanted to watch something a little more authentic, I would go dig up a slasher from the 1990s and watch it, you know? I'll go watch a Scream. Scream is an actual slasher from the 1990s. There's not a bunch of blockbuster video references curtailed in there just to make it feel authentic. They actually had blockbuster video when Scream was made. You guys follow me on this? So, that being said, how do we watch horror movies objectively? Uh, and I know I'm going off on a tangent. I'm sorry, but this is your fault, Tom Hardy, you motherfucker. How do we watch horror movies objectively without catching that nostalgic eye? That is something you have to find out uh, on your own, my friends. Because, you know, like I said, um, putting a bunch of uh, Masters of the Universe figurines in a, in a uh, horror movie is not going to make it good. It'll make me go, ah, look at those, I had that guy. But then that's after that, if you don't have any movie after it, then it's just going to be a shitty movie with Masters of the Universe uh, figurines in it. (laughs) Now that I've wasted enough of your time, Tom Hardy, let's get back to your second phone call. G motherfucking Pede, baby. G motherfucking Pede. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. As I was saying, um, I really wanted to like this series more more than I did. Yeah. And um, 
you know, I don't want to give anything away, too much away, what have you, because it is new, and because right. Flanagan's attached, I'm sure a lot of horror fans are going to watch it. Sure. But, um, you know, something, the, the stories that the kids tell are the ones based on, like, the Christopher Pike books. Okay. But the overarching, like, wraparound story I'm not familiar with. So I don't believe that is based on his. One of the things that really bothered me, and I don't know if this is a Netflix or a Flanagan thing, but it's ten episodes. Okay. All of his series have been ten episodes. Flanagan's? Um, and I almost wonder, like, for this one here, this one could have easily been like six or eight episodes, or it could have been 12 or 15 episodes. Huh. So they could have, like, really had a really tight, you know, six episodes, eight episodes, okay. and be done. Or they could have those things that they kind of brought up, but they never really finished or delved into. They could have extended it to, like, you know, a 14, 15 episode season. So I just, I don't know. I hope somebody watches. I hope somebody else uh, comes on and kind of says what they say feel about it or what have you but all in all i was kind of disappointed uh i do feel like if you're not a christopher pike person probably not gonna care that much for it because it does have a lot of teeny bopper shit yeah, in there see um that's the thing and I man. Didn't, it, it felt like flanagan he, he's not as directly involved as he was with like hill house and right. Bly Manor and and all that shit i didn't okay. feel like he was truly like a flanagan property or flanagan i don't know how to put it it didn't anyway i've been droning on long enough if anybody does check it out call into the pattern room let me hear what your thoughts are hope all is well love you like family bye now love you too tom hardy thank you for calling in my friend uh i will add that to my post american horror story watch list which i might get to in a year and a half from now i don't know it's going to fall somewhere in between uh the cabinet of curiosities and uh, what we do in the shadows season three, which I still haven't watched yet. Right on, Tom Hardy. Thank you so much for calling in. Also, thanks to Coop Nukem, Cat, uh, Cowboy, Freddy, um, and uh, Alan, and the rest of you guys that called and wrote in. Um, I guess I will get myself into a movie now. Is what I'll do. Police department, what is your emergency? I know! Tucker tells me he picked you up on the street coming from my cemetery. Us, oh man, they tried to hurt me. Oh no, I'm already dead. Nobody's gonna die here tonight. person here. We need help. What do you want? You're dead. Oh, God, help us. He's not gonna stop. What do we do now? Die. 
Laid to Rest from 2009, y'all. Written and directed by Robert Hall, who I guess has recently passed away, and that is unfortunate. So we got 5.2 stars. That is 1.4 stars better than President Evil. It stars Lena Headey, Bobby Sue Luther, and Kevin Gage. Um, you've probably seen this one, inmates. It's a pretty solid little slasher. Uh, there's a lot going on. Well, they try, they try to answer a lot of questions in the second movie, which I feel like kind of cheapens the first movie in a weird way. I hate to say that because that's always such a bummer when, you know, previous installments of a franchise get ruined by later installments. Either way, uh, we're going to start off with a young lady waking up in a coffin, okay? She's in a casket. She uh, moans and thrashes and eventually kicks her way out. Uh, finds out she's in a uh, um, funeral home. And the guy running the funeral home is played by Richard Lynch. This guy is uh, somewhat horror royalty, but it's a name you won't recognize, but it's a face you'll definitely recognize. I don't know what his problem is. I think he's a burn victim or something, but he's got uh, the worst fucking uh, complexion. I think he's dead now, but... He is an ugly son of a gun, and you'll know him from Puppet Master 3, uh, a lesser-known slasher from the 80s called Bad Dreams, a couple other ones. Uh, I think he showed up in some of the Rob Zombie flicks. Maybe it was just Devil's Rejects or House of a Thousand Corpses. I don't remember exactly, but anyway, he's running the place. This chick gets out. She is pretty hot. She's played by Bobby Sue Luther. Now, let's talk about the body on Bobby Sue Luther, shall we? <laughs> uh, she pops out of the coffin. She's running around. She has some kind of like, um, I guess uh, we'll call it amnesia. Like, she's been drugged is what it boils down to. And it's not just like a date rapey, you know, I'm going to fuck you and you're not going to remember it kind of a thing. It's a like a mind wipe. Like, she doesn't remember anything and she's having a hard time communicating and who she is where she came from that's beyond her like how to use a door (laughs) that's a bit of a problem at the moment for this young lady uh she's running around help me help me get me out of here she finds a phone she picks it up calls the police and they're like okay uh she's like i've been abducted and put in a coffin and i gotta get out of here they're like where are you and she's like i'm where a bunch of dead guys are (laughs) now it's not made clear at this point in the movie that she's been drugged or to what extent she's been drugged right now she's just acting like a fucking idiot so uh, at this point in the film i'm thinking oh i hope you die because you cannot possibly be this stupid the the police officer on the other line is like stay on the phone with me for 30 seconds so i can trace the call at which point she just goes walking off with the phone cord and it pops the cord out of the phone, and that's that's that. Uh, she starts looking around. She sees a dead old lady. She's like, oh, okay, very creepy. Uh, she looks through a window, like out into a different room, and she sees a guy, big guy, dressed in an expensive black suit, wearing a chrome skull uh, face mask, and he's got some kind of an electronic device on his shoulder. She sees him. He sees her. He goes running at the door. She kind of does like a swoon kind of a thing and passes out. When she comes to, we get like a quick little flash 
flashback sequence doesn't make a lot of sense. When she comes to, uh, she sees Richard Lynch trying to get the door open, and he's like, hey, who's in there? Hey, you got to get out of here. You can't be in here. And she's like, okay, great. Let me out of here. Uh, but then our Chrome Skull friend pops up behind Richard Lynch and kills him with a what appeared to be a pickaxe, which is a strange item to have in a funeral home, but I can't say for sure. Uh, after that, she goes flying out of a different door and just goes taking off into the night. Now, it's nighttime. I think we're in... I'm willing to sign off on this movie taking place in Alabama. I can't say for sure, but uh, 99% of the movie takes place at night. Um, I think there was like some woods or something. Alan, you got a lot of woods in Alabama? I think you do. So let's call it Alabama Woods. Uh, she goes uh, running off. She doesn't know who the fuck she is, where she's going, where she came from, what she's doing. Uh, fortunately for her, a guy rolls up in a pickup truck. A uh, guy by the name of Tucker, played by Kevin Gage. Let's talk about Kevin Gage for a second. Have you guys seen a movie called... I think it's called Chaos or something. You know what? Let me look at the, let me find the exact name. He was in a movie, I believe it was called Chaos. And basically what that that movie is about, it's a it's a cheap it has Sage Stallone in it. And it's a really cheap knockoff of Last House on the Left, except at the end um they kill the parents instead of the parents killing the uh the crazy rapists. Uh, Kevin Gage was in a movie called Heat, Con Air, Blow, G.I. Jane. He's he's a pretty tough-looking dude. Hustle Down, Scorpion, Hold On, Sons of Anarchy. He's been in a lot more movies than I thought he was. American Girls, Stand By, Here It Comes, Chaos. It is Chaos from 2005. And it's basically a shitty knockoff. As I said, it's a shitty knockoff of uh, Last House on the Left. Um, he's a, like a big, tough, military-looking guy, Kevin Gage is. Uh, but for the purposes of this movie, we have to sign off on him being uh, some kind of a cripple and just having a heart of a heart of gold. So he stops, picks up uh, Bobby Sue Luther, and he's like, hey, where'd you come from? And she's like, I don't know. He's like, okay, where can I take you? I don't know. What are you doing out here? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what, what were you doing back there? I came from the place where the dead guys were, and there's a dude with a chrome skull chasing me. I think he wants to make me dead. <coughs> That's a direct quote, okay? I didn't make that part up. That's what she said. He wants to make me dead, like the other dead guys over there. Okay, he's like, all right, get in. So she gets in. She's all huffing and puffing. Uh, he's like, oh, well, uh, uh, I don't. I only have like three gallons of gas left in my truck here. Um, why don't I just take you back to my place? Now, Bobby Sue Luther is a very attractive young lady with a very nice body on her. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, well, unfortunately, we, we don't get to see much of it, but if you're paying attention, like I know you are, you will see. There's a scene where she climbs out of a freezer wearing a wife beater, and, uh, god damn, am I... I am a sucker for ladies and wife beaters. I'm going to tell you right now that especially buxom young ladies with a, uh, you know, a, a sizable rack. Woo. Get me going. Anyway, uh, he's like, oh, I'm going to take you back to my place and we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. Cause that's about all the gas I have is enough to get back to my trailer. So he takes her back to her, to his trailer where we meet his wife, Christina played by Lena Hetty. Oh shit. It's Cersei fucking Lannister. 
living in a trailer, married to Kevin Gage. <laughs> you are fucked, lady. She's going to poison you or uh, have sex with her brother and then, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> make you fight the mountain, for Christ's sakes. You are totally fucked. Now, this is a younger Lena Headey, and it is so, I'm a Game of Thrones kind of a guy. I have not watched, uh, believe me, uh, this is go- another one that goes on my to-watch list, uh, the Mother of Dragon series, but seeing Cersei Lannister uh, in a bathrobe with hair curlers in is like mind-twisting to me, you know what I mean? Because you can see she still has that resting bitch face, and it's not to say that Lena Headey is a bad actress, but come on, she's Cersei fucking Lannister, okay? That's who she is. It's just it's just kind of a mind uh, twist for me, I guess. Uh, luckily, this this couple has a heart of gold. They're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep you here. We can't really go far. Uh, my brother in law is gonna come pick me up in the morning. He'll when he picks me up, I, we can take you to uh, into town, and you can talk to the police when we get there. You're safe here for tonight, they say. And then uh, Bobby Sue Luther goes. We never get a name on this young lady. At one point, we'll start referring to her as Princess. So we'll just go with that. Princess goes and takes a shower, and we realize that she has like a gaping head wound. Uh, and when the water hits it, she freaks right out. I'm sure it hurt like a son of a bitch. But uh, they go, uh, Cersei Lannister runs in there to like console her. Now, at this point, our friend in the in the chrome mask shows up, and he starts stalking about the outside of the trailer. So... Um, it's time to go to bed. Uh, Tucker and Cersei lay down, and they give Princess the uh, couch. A lot of thumping around going outside, so Kevin, or, yeah, or uh, Tucker goes outside to, to investigate. What he finds when he gets outside is that uh, Chrome Skull has taken Cersei and kind of guillotined her into the outside of the window, and... Uh, Tucker goes running out. He's like, hey, don't hurt her, don't hurt her, don't hurt her. Uh, Princess hears that, so he she follows him out there. And Chrome Skull is, like, trying to do business. He's like, I'll let her go if you give me Princess. But <coughs> Kevin takes too long, or uh, Tucker takes too long, like, trying to, to finagle his way out of there. So Chrome Skull just stabs Cersei Lannister in the head and, like, uh, pins her head to the side of the trailer, pretty much. That scene is gnarly. And this knife that Chrome Skull carries, it's got like the brass knuckle thing, whatever that is. And then it's a huge serrated blade, and it's all chromed out also. Very cool. So from there, they freak out. They go running away. Uh, They get in the truck, and they take off. Uh, They want to get to town. And by they, I mean uh, Tucker and Princess. But they're running out of gas fast. Because like Tucker said, he's only got like three gallons of gas left. Uh they make it to what I can assume is a neighbor's house or a random house somewhere in this Alabama woods where they find our very own Scott Whalen waiting. You guys remember Scott Whalen? Sure you do. He played, uh, what was his name, Roach from uh, The People Under the Stairs. Um, he's a scrawny, squirrely looking dude, man. That's the only way that I can uh, describe him is he is... Squirrely and scrawny. <laughs> uh, they get in there. He's some kind of a doofus. Uh, they get in there and they're like, hey, man, you got to let us use your phone. And he's like, I don't have a phone. Uh, not a traditional phone anyway. And they're like, well, 
we got to come in and do something. There's a guy chasing us and we need to call the police. And he's like, well, I have the internet. Maybe we can do that. (coughs) So they go inside and he's going to email the police like that's going to happen. Right. But he sends them an email and he's like, well, now all we have to do is wait. They're like, hey, you have a car, right? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, I have a car. Well, how about you just drive us to the police station then? Can we do that? Okay, sure. So since the email obviously went absolutely nowhere, they all pile into Scott Whalen's car and take off to the local police station, which I guess is in a town, right? So they get to the local police station, they get out, and they very quickly realize that the local police station has either closed for the night or something is amiss here because all the lights are off, it's dead silent, the front door is unlocked, so they just go walking right in there, and that's where we come to the realization that uh, all of the local cops have been murdered uh, in gruesome fashion, presumably by Ghost or uh, Chrome Skull. I almost called him Ghostface. Now, while that's going on, we have to cut back to uh, Tucker's trailer, where Tucker's brother-in-law shows up with his seemingly underage girlfriend. Uh, to be honest with you. And he's like, I saw Tucker get in, the tru- get in his truck with a- another girl. I'm going to go in there and tell my sister, that motherfucker. And, of course, uh, while he's, you know, making plans of ruining somebody's marriage, uh, the-, the big chrome blade comes flying out of the dark and slams into his head and kills him. Uh, the underage girlfriend sees it, and she's like, oh, my God, and goes running. But she runs right past Chrome Skull, who just gives her a quick little wrist flick and uh, basically disembowels her with that crazy knife of his. So those two kills, let's be honest, they're a little gratuitous. But it's okay because this is a slasher film, and you gotta have you gotta uphold a certain body count in these things. You know what I mean? So now we're gonna cut back to the police station. Uh, Tucker, I guess, is friends with the local sheriff, so he's trying to get the sheriff on the radio. Uh, he's like, "All oh, the cops here are dead. What's going on?" And sheriff's like, "Oh God, I need some help. This guy's crazy." Uh, basically what we come to realize here is that Chrome Skull has somehow altered the radio frequency and he's just playing like a loop of the sheriff saying these things over and over again. Now, something we have to realize here, inmates, is that we are, we are in this scenario with 2009 technology or probably closer to 2005 technology. So... We're going to get some cool little snippets here of like weird text messaging things going on and uh, GPS stuff happening. Very high speed stuff. Okay. Crazy. I mean, by by today's standards, really, all of the high speed low drag equipment that Chrome Skull had would be, con- excuse me, contained in one iPhone 5. Uh, that being said, we just kind of have to write that off as we go. So. Uh, he's like, oh shit, well, now he knows we're here, so we're pretty fucked. They go looking around, they can't find any guns or anything. So, from there, they cut out of the police station, uh, and they're like, okay, let's, let's go back to where this all started. Maybe we can find some clues. So, they decide to take Princess back to the funeral home, and see if maybe they can't figure something out there. Uh, at this point, Chrome Skull is coming up on him, and he's driving a, uh... What I believe was a Dodge Caliber, which is not, you wouldn't think would be the preferred uh, vehicle of your standard mass murderer, 
but whatever. It's very it's very sleek, very clean. Um, and he's got a personalized plate that says Chrome Skull, which is kind of wacky in itself. I don't know. Anyway, they go back to the uh, uh, funeral home looking for clues to find out what the fuck is going on here. There's a shed next to the funeral home. Uh, a lot of weird smells and sounds coming out. As they're pulling up, they see Chrome Skull kind of lurking about the shed. So like, oh shit, there he is. Uh, he leaves, and then they go inside to investigate the shed. And this is where we get some weird, weird goings-ons here, folks. So there's a bunch of empty caskets in the shed. A lot, most of them have dead bodies in them. Some of them have dead bodies in them. But one of them is like thrashing around and making weird noises. So Princess opens it up where we find that Chrome Skull has uh, uh, decapitated somebody. I don't know who it was or even if it was a man or a woman. And then captured a hot topless blonde and somehow tied her on top of that individual. And she's like, she's got a gag in her mouth. She's screaming, oh, God, let me out of here. Let me out of here. Uh, Princess is like, oh, shit, what are you doing? She goes over there trying to free the blonde, and that's when Chrome Skull comes walking back in. Now, this cool knife of his with the brass knuckle attachment, is very he's very good at doing, like, twirlies with the knife. You know what I mean? He's like Billy the Kid with the... You know, he's, he's really... He's like one of those Mexican uh, knife throwers with, the, with this twirly knife thing. Uh, he sees, uh, uh, princess, but instead of chasing her, he just goes up and slits the throat of the, uh, the topless blonde. So that's, she's dead. Um, princess goes running out of the shed where she runs into Scott Whalen and, uh, Tucker. And she's like, he's in there. He's in there. He's, they're like, okay, shit. Uh, while they're like trying to figure out what to do, she steals Chrome Skull's car and goes taken off. They're like, Fuck. Now, at this point, they go to uh, Scott Whalen's car. They're like, we need some weapons. So they pop the trunk. Scott Whalen's character is determined to use a can of Fix-A-Flat, a tire, tire sealant, if you don't know what Fix-A-Flat is, uh, as some kind of a weapon. He's like, I'm going to spray it in his goddamn face. Uh, Tucker grabs like a tire iron, and uh, he had a pistol back at the house, but he forgot about it. He went back and, uh, you know, got the pistol. So now he's got like a, uh, I don't know, it's probably a 38 or something. So he's, he's now they're pissed off. And now they're looking for, they're looking for Chrome Skull's ass, uh, except that uh, Scott Whalen's car is now out of gas. And uh, Princess just took off in Chrome Skull's car, which she stole. So she's out there cruising around in Chrome Skull's car. Abandoned the two people that were trying to save her fucking ass, by the way. Rude. <clears throat> and she's trying to get away. She's thinking she's going to make a break for it. Now we find out that uh, via 2009 high-speed technology, Chrome Skull is capable of controlling the vehicle remotely to include the, the, the door locks, uh, the GPS. Uh, he's got a high-speed cell phone in there, which looked like one of those Nokia flip phones. Uh, and he's sending text messages to her on the phone as she's driving. So she's like, oh, shit, I better get out of this guy's car. He's going to track me down. So she rolls up to a gas station. What well, seems to be a gas station, some kind of convenience store. Uh, 
just as she gets there, she's like, I'm getting out of here, goes to open the door, and the door locks. Tries to open it again, the door locks. Tries to open it again, the door locks. Finally, Chrome Skull just walks up on her, uh, and he's like, hey, here I am. <laughs> he doesn't even kill her. He just hops in the car with her. And she's like, oh my God, you're going to kill me. Now, this is where we find out that that contraption on Chrome Skull's shoulder is actually a handy cam. So, bear in mind, inmates, this is 2009. We're still still dealing with analog technology, okay? There was no flash drive. There was no cloud. Uh, there was uh, just these little video cassette tapes, which is what loads into a handy cam. So, this thing is like shoulder-mounted. He's getting ready to kill uh, Princess, and then he runs out of tape. So, he's like, shit. He doesn't talk. He just texts Princess, and he's like... Go inside and get another fucking tape. Come back out here or I'm going to kill everybody. As that's going on, two meathead guys roll up and they go inside and they're trying to buy beer. Apparently you can't buy beer in Alabama on Sundays or certain other days. I don't know. I don't know what the policy is there on that. Alan, enlighten us on the beer buying protocol of Alabama. Uh, they go in there and they start uh, hassling the kid behind the counter because they want to buy beer. Uh, he can't sell it to them because, you know, Atlanta, or uh, Alabama. So uh, while that's going on, she goes in there and she's like, I need one of those videotapes. I've never been to a gas station in my life that sold Handycam uh, recording tapes. Have you? E- even in 2009, I don't think you could find such an item. This one, however, has many of them. Uh, she kind of cuts in line and buys the videotape and she's like, okay, great. Um, while she's purchasing the tape, uh, another text message comes across that mobile device and it's like, get your fucking ass out here now, bitch, or I'll gut you like a pig. The kid behind the counter sees that he looks outside and sees Chrome skull sitting in the car. So he's like, I'm going to save this hot chick. He grabs the, the sawed off shotgun under the counter goes outside and he's like, look, you're not, you got to shove off there, mister. And, uh, don't be such a dickhead either. Chrome skull gets out. Uh, the kid's like threatening him with the shotgun. Chrome skull takes the shotgun and puts it under the kid's chin and basically makes him blow his own brains out. This sends, uh, the two meathead kids into a complete panic. They're freaking right out. Um, they princess like keeps her head about her. She's like, okay, we're in this gas station. Let's lock all the doors and the windows immediately. So they go running around the gas station, lock everything up. Unfortunately, Chrome skull has already made his way into the back door and is already inside with them. Very scary stuff. While uh princess and meathead kid number one are boarding up the, the front door. Uh, Chrome skull slits the throat of meathead kid number two. Uh, actually, I think he decapitates him completely, which is gnarly. Uh, from there, when you know this is about the time that Scott Whalen and Tucker show back up, they're like, hey, we made it, hey! And she's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry I left you guys there. And they're like, it's okay, we love you and we want to see you naked. So, they, she lets them in, and they've got one gun and, uh, a can of tire sealant and a tire jack. And then we have the kid who has nothing at all. Uh, Biggs, I'm going to make a long story short here because we get a lot of cat and mouse action around the gas station. Chrome Skull cuts the power. Uh, he takes Scott Whalen and shoves the can of tire sealant in his ear and blows his head up, uh, cartoon style. This is pretty silly. Um, 
he uh, stabs Tucker and kills him. Uh, the kid goes outside to get the car because they were thinking they were going to make a run for it. But then, okay, so before Scott Whalen dies, he mixes up like this batch of crazy glue. And uh, Princess hides in the freezer. And this is the part where we get to see a little bit more of Princess because she's wearing that skin-tight white beater. She's in a freezer. And then eventually Chrome Skull tries to attack her, but then he backs off. Uh, when she comes crawling out of the freezer, you get to see quite a bit. And it's very nice. I... I'm hot for Bobby Sue Luther, boys and girls. But um, he, Chrome Skull leaves one of his handy cams in there with uh, a tape in it for Bobby for uh, Princess to watch. And this is where we find out that Princess was a prostitute. And that's how she got herself into this mess was because she went to some guy's hotel room, uh, presumably to do business, and then he knocked her out, and then she woke up in the uh, casket. And he injected her with something, too. And that's how the that's the, the prequel to this movie. So uh, she's like, oh, my God, I was a prostitute. Ah, it's not that bad, all right? Yeah, I know many prostitutes, and they're, some of them are actually wonderful people. So there's that. Uh, so now she knows. Uh, Chrome Skull comes and tries to get her in the freezer. In doing so, she knocks the mask off. Now, we don't get to see Chrome Skull's actual face. But he uh, he grabs the mask and he goes out. And he puts a bunch of that glue on the inside of his mask and puts it on his face. And then he quickly realizes that the glue is like eating through his head. So, in a very anticlimactic fashion, he just kind of lays down on the floor while this glue eats his entire face off. And uh, he peels the mask off and there's nothing but like a bloody pulp under his... Uh, his his mask and then she hits him in the head with a baseball bat five or six times just to make sure and then she goes outside and gets in the uh the car with the kid and that is pretty much your movie i rather enjoyed this one it's uh it's a serviceable slasher it uh i would have liked to have seen uh bobby sue luther at least topless because she appeared to have a very nice rack on her we, we, I mean, you get to see something there in the wife, Peter, but, you know, she did take a shower. Because you could have dropped a little bone on us there, Robert Hall. Um, there is a sequel, Laid to Rest 2. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more next week. Um, I, I liked it, man. It's, uh, it's what you want in a slasher. Uh, two or three locations... All takes place in the in the span of one night, you know. We don't need to spend too much time getting into backstories or anything like that. The, some of these kills did feel a bit gratuitous, you know. You're introducing characters just to murder them off, which is fine. I mean, that's kind of standard slasher formula, but um, it's, I, I think we probably didn't need the, the, the brother-in-law getting killed or his underage girlfriend. That seemed a bit gratuitous to me. Um, other than that, I thought it was a pretty good show. I found this streaming on Tubi. If anybody wants to check it out, I think they're both on Tubi if you want to watch them both. Check that shit out, inmates. Uh, it's worth a watch. I say check it out. I'm going to take myself a little break. I think I'm going to make some tea or something. I'll be right back.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back. I got some echinacea tea here. Uh, Hopefully I sound a little bit better. I know I was getting hoarse towards the end of that one. (coughs) I don't necessarily feel any better though. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to take this opportunity to give you a public service announcement. Gentlemen, be nice to your prostitutes. And this goes for you too, ladies. If you're, you know, hooking up with a, uh, a, uh, enterprising young man who is looking for some compensation for his time, you don't have to hit him in the head or her in the head with a baseball bat afterwards. You don't need to drug them or put them in a casket or stock them around some Alabama gas station for Christ's sakes. They're there to do a job. You're hiring them to do the job. Really, you're paying them to go away after the job is done. That's where you're making your money right there. Once it's all done and over with and, you know, you've taken the condom off and all that stuff, that's when it's time to shove it. Here, here's a couple hundred bucks. You be on your way. I'll be on mine. And uh, we can we can call this good business is what I say. There's no need to be a dick about it, you know. You're not a dick to the uh, the lady at the drive-up window at McDonald's, are you? No, you are not. You are not. So why would you do that to your prostitute? I'm just I'm just putting it out there, okay? All right, my friends, are you ready to get into the Terror Dome? No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. <laughs> I'll crazy. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Welcome to the Terradome. First things first, last week's winners. We had, goddammit, the Silent Hill Nurses versus the Brides of Drac... The nurses approached as the brides laughed. Drawn by the sound, but utterly blind to their new foes, they swung wild, doing more damage to each other than as the vampires danced around their weapons. When the darkness abated, the nurses had managed to kill only themselves. With a vote of 7-5, to five, the Brides of Dracula advance over the Silent Hill nurses. I am sorry, Cat. Um, I mean, you had a good run, and um, 
There you have it, my friends. It's 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 the Brides of Dracula, man. It's like a girl on girl situation, except the problem is that the the Silent Hill nurses are blind, and it's kind of hard to get around that, really, especially if you're dealing with fucking vampires. All right, let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not much of a writer. <clears throat> we are in the Asylum Conference round 14. And I'm sure you're not going to be able to understand what I'm saying with this fucking mucus thing I got going on. To hunt and to kill were noble plights, passed down as a survival skill through the ages. In days gone by, men hunted animals out of necessity to feed the women and children of the village and protect them from dangerous predators. As civilization advanced, the need to hunt diminished, but the urge did not. Men hunted not out of necessity, but out of sport, collecting trophies from larger, more dangerous animals as points of pride. Some less educated and more isolated tribes of men would go on to hunt other men, not for trophies or sport, but for food. These rogue hunters would grow savage and brutish. The true hunters from the stars watched from afar. To add one of these cannibal mongoloids to their trophy rack would be a great honor. To the Sawyer tribe, the alien would be exotic cuisine. Team's competition, we have the Predators versus the Sawyer family. I'm not going to tell you how to vote, inmates, but this one seems pretty cut and dry to me, right? (laughs) I am taking the Predators for obvious reasons. Um, If anybody can make a logical argument as to how the Sawyer family would beat the Predators, I would love to hear it. And I will change my vote next week if somebody can convince me otherwise. In the meantime, that's your Terra Dome matchup for the weekend, mates. It's the Sawyers versus the Predators. Uh, Mental Health Hotline, of course, is area code 775-387-0275. Or send me an email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Hopefully, I'll be feeling better by next week and I can have somebody else in here to talk to instead of just droning on as I have been for the last hour and eight minutes. Uh, While you're considering that, however, I'm going to tell you what movies I got to watch this week in a little segment I like to call, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? Sadly, my friends, uh, the month of October has come to an end, which means so has my 31 for 31. I did complete it, uh, but that also means, if you guys are paying attention, I'm going to hold true to this New Year's resolution, or new padded room year's resolution of no rewatches. Now, of course, I'm going to have to make exceptions for the show in any month that somebody has paid for. For example, next week, Laid to Rest 2, I've already seen it, but... I'll watch it again because Alan is paying me to do so. (laughs) Uh, That being said, I had to squeeze in as many of my favorite classics as I could into the month of October. So I started with Ghost Story from 1981. I can tell you for a fact that I have a bigger penis than Greg Wasson. You get to see it in this movie uh, in all of its flaccid glory. And I can tell you that mine is bigger than his. And I'm not being modest. Or maybe I am being modest. I don't know. But I've got a bigger dick than Greg was on. Uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow from 1981. So Jason Harrell mentioned seeing this the other day. And it kind of intrigued me because I know that I had seen it 
and I know the the basic premise of it, uh, but it's been a very long time, so I thought I'd give it a rewatch. Um, there is some good stuff going on for being a made-for-TV movie. There is actually a lot of really cool scenes in this movie. I think the pinnacle of it is when Bubba is hiding in the Scarecrow and the fuckhead uh, mailman and his redneck cronies corner him. And that point where the mailman realizes that Bubba is the Scarecrow and Bubba is staring back at the mailman. But there's like this this cathartic moment. And at that moment, you know that these rubes are going to they're going to blast Bubba. And that starts the whole chain of events. That, But anyway, it's actually a lot better than I remembered it. That's what I'm getting at. VHS Viral from 2014. Um, not, not, not very, probably the low point in the VHS franchise. This one, uh, God, some of these are really dumb. <laughs> uh, the one where the guy builds the dimensional portal in his basement just to go fuck his own wife, but then he finds out that uh, other dimension wife has like a fucking bear trap for a cooter. What 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 are we doing here? What's going on? I don't know. Uh, VHS two from two thousand thirteen. Uh, I think my favorite segment from that one is probably Zombie GoPro. That's a bad motherfucker right there. Um, there's some other good ones. I think I am going to, well, I got, first off, I need to get better, obviously. Secondly, uh, I got some other shit I got to do. I'm thinking mid-November, I'm going to launch the VHS mixtape on the Patreon feed. Probably a $1 buy-in. Me and, I don't know, Jason or maybe Buddy, we're going to do a segment of uh, the VHS, not a movie, not a VHS movie, but one of the vignettes every week, or maybe every other week. I don't know, whenever. I'm, I'm still playing around with ideas. Anyway, VHS 2, watch that. Uh, a movie called Psychotica, which I just found on Blu-ray. Has anybody else seen this one? It's also known as Nostrum, Nordstrom, Nostrum, I think. It's actually a pretty good movie, but I feel like uh, it kind of loses a little bit of its luster on the Blu-ray transfer. So basically, the premise of the movie is this gang of, um, that's not a gang, it's a, just a loose-knit group of uh, junkies decide they want to go, cl- they want to get clean. So, uh, they're a bunch of heroin users, so they decide they're, they're going to go up to this uh, remote kind of dilapidated mansion in upstate New York. It's completely abandoned, and they're going to have one big blowout where they're all going to get super high, and then after that, they're going to lock themselves into this mansion until the DTs wear off. And then they can come back clean. Naturally, some shit gets fucked up, and uh, I won't ruin it for you. It's but what I'm saying is is that it's a great show. I like this one a lot. But watching it on Blu-ray, um, you kind like it's that weird black thing. You know what I'm saying? It's that uh, true black versus uh, cinema black or something like that. So like the blacks are a little too vivid, and you can see too much of what's going on. Like, I saw this the first time on Basic K, well, I think it was HBO or something like that, and it looked really good and dark and drab and depressing. Watching it on Blu-ray, it's a little too, it's the same movie, obviously, but it's just a little too vivid, and it kind of, you know, you can kind of see the low-budget lighting and uh, 
the low, like some of the, the cheesier effects. It kind of sticks out a little bit. Still a great movie. I would definitely recommend it. It's called Psychotica, or you may find it under the name Nostrum, which I don't know what that means. Uh, I also watched Demons from 1985. Uh, we've all seen that. Batshit crazy demons in a movie theater. Uh, Barbarian from 2022. Well, have we all seen this one? I don't want to give too much away if you haven't. It's still a, a fairly new movie. Uh, I think it just hit HBO Max, as a matter of fact. Um, a lot going on here. <laughs> a lot. I, I I will say that I um, I liked the movie. I liked it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. But I have some questions, and I without. I can't really ask him without giving too much away. I know Jason has seen it. I was hoping he'd be here tonight to to maybe enlighten me or something. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I like the movie. Um, it's set in Detroit, you know, in like funky, abandoned, uh, crack-ridden Detroit, you know, like like that weird abandoned neighborhood situation that they got going on up there. That is a beautiful place for a horror movie. I watched that, and then lastly, I watched uh, Reanimator. That's one of my classics, part of my 30 for 31. 31 for 31 is what I meant to say. Uh, We've all seen it. We all love it. That is what I'm looking at this week, inmates. How about a little immersion therapy? Immersion therapy. Okay, let's get down to business about this dash cam situation, shall we? Now, uh, Tom Hardy, I think he enjoyed it. Alan did not. And I'm willing to bet right now that Jason Harrell did not either. So, that being said, the whole movie really boils down to how you feel about the main character. I... Uh, at first, I thought I was kind of annoyed by her because, like, she was do- making some really bad decisions and doing some really dumb shit. But, and I think Tom Hardy kind of kind of summed this up beautifully. If you watch the, the the end credits where she's rapping and she's like freestyling with everybody's name in the credits, um, what you're looking at, my friends, and this may be a bit more accurate than we'd like to admit, is a social influencer. So, if she's live streaming all of this nonsense, and what what are we saying here? Vampire? Is that what that chick was? Or uh, possessed or something? I don't, I don't know. But wh- whoever it was that she picked up from that uh, closed restaurant, she is purposefully making bad decisions and being over the top because she is live streaming the entire sequence. So, she wants to keep people engaged, or at least this is my interpretation of it. She wants to keep everybody engaged. Now, as we all know, if the uh, the ditzy blonde with the huge rack doesn't go outside into the, the dark woods to investigate the noise, we don't have a horror film. That formula, I believe, also applies to the live streamer. So that being said, that kind of, it doesn't really excuse her behavior, but it, it at least gives us some substance as to why she would continue to make these dumb shit choices and, uh, you know, oh, I'm just going to steal a car. Oh, since I'm in the car, I might as well go uh, 
do his Uber Eats job for a little bit because I don't have anything else to do. And I'll just, and by the way, her whole shtick was that she just drives around in freestyle raps with these ridiculous beats that she's made on her uh, keyboard, right? So that being said, it's kind of like what she does. She just drives around and freestyle raps and now she stole her friend's car and all hell is broken loose. All of her, if if this were to happen, I guarantee you, the views would shoot through the fucking roof. Uh, regardless of what she's doing or how she's acting or anything of, of that. We, we would be watching because we're basically watching a disaster unfold in real time. Uh, never mind the vampire or the possessed chick or whatever her problem was. But I think that kind of explains some of the bad decisions and some of the over-the-top uh, ridiculousness of the of, of the the choices she made is that she was doing it in the interest of keeping eyeballs on her for her live stream to hopefully, I guess, make money or launch a rap career or I don't know. I thought she, am I the only one that thought she was kind of hot? I thought she was kind of hot in a weird, quirky kind of a way. I don't know. I, it's just me. All right. Uh, I say it's worth a watch. Tom Hardy kind of enjoyed it. Alan did not. Uh, I believe it's uh, streaming right now on Hulu if anybody wants to check it out. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Last Circus from 2011, also streaming on Hulu. Uh, Something about a murderous love triangle at a circus is all I know. Check that shit out, inmates. I will do the same, and we will compare notes next week. But now it is time to educate Darian. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. I am a post-apocalyptic soldier who's dating a super hot uh, art sculptor chick who makes sculptures out of weird junk that I find out in the wasteland. Uh, Good news for her, I brought her the blasted bits of a battle droid which she can now mold into whatever. And, uh, well, everything should be going swimmingly as long as this motherfucker doesn't come back online and start killing everybody in the uh, apartment building. When you know that's exactly what happened. Fuck me if I'm not hardware from 1989. That is quietly a very horny movie. I don't know if you guys have seen hardware, but there is a lot of sex. Uh, Dylan McDermott in that one. A very young Dylan McDermott. Um, really nailing the shit out of that girl while the disgusting, pervy, overweight neighbor is spying on her and later goes on to impersonate Dylan McDermott and try to get her to talk dirty to him. It's very wacky. Uh, not a bad show, though, if you if you like some post-apocalyptic business. Uh, check that out. Who might I be this week, you ask? Very good question. Well, I just got word that my mother's grave has been desecrated. Now, I didn't get along with my mom, but apparently there's a whole legal process that goes with this. Bummer, now I gotta go back to this remote island where she's buried and fill out some paperwork and, uh, I don't know, get her reinterred, I guess. Son of a bitch, I... 
it's it's the uh, it's it's kind of a problem due to the uh, the weather of this uh, island. And um, God damn it, if this there is something weird going on at this island, and I think they won't let me leave now because I'm part of the genealogy of it. And uh, I think there's also a giant demi demigod in the water just outside the island. I don't know. I don't know. I just want to get the fuck out of here. Tell me where I have to sign, and I will be on my way. Uh, and if I can bring my husband out too, he's acting kind of weird. I don't know. Who might I be? You ask tune in next week and I will fill you in. In the meantime, inmates, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. Join me next week for laid to rest two. We're going to pick up right where we left off at the gas station next week. You're, uh, probably, <laughs> I don't think you're going to like it if you haven't already seen it. Um, like, comment, subscribe, of course, wherever you found this show that uh, helps our visibility quite a bit. Um, we do have a Patreon campaign running. Support.paddedroom. No, support.paddedroompodcast.com. Take you right to the Patreon page. $5 donation gets you a Padded Room t shirt, Padded Room travel mug, control of the month of December, which is wide open. And um, I'm all out of porn. Sorry. I, I, I. My, my wife made me throw it away. She's afraid the kids are going to find it. So there's that. Uh, in the meantime, inmates, for Jason Harrell in absentia, Buddy in absentia, Monica in absentia, little old me who made it here all by myself, uh, pinched nerves, underwater sea gods, um, fucking handy cam, shoulder-mounted handy cams. I don't think that was ever really a thing. Uh... I don't think, I'm sure there was a hands-free handy cam, but I don't think you could ever just stick it on your shoulder and run around that way. And what's even weirder about that, now that I think about it, is that the viewfinder was always on. So, clearly you can't see behind the shoulder. All you're doing is giving yourself away, Chrome Skull. Get it together, man. And the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over. difference between a a sock and a camera. One takes five toes, the other takes four toes.